Well, tonight, um, I'm going to continue what I started about two weeks ago. I unfortunately was not here um, on uh, last Tuesday, so we couldn't finish it. And we did part one of the, the Rainbow Covenant. So we're going to, I promised that I would finish that tonight, part two, the Rainbow Covenant. Genesis 9, 16 says, And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. Now, I could really make a really long study tonight because there's so much in this. In the, in the, the Jews today still believe that this covenant is in effect for Gentiles. They call it the Noahide Covenant. And uh, when they put Gentiles in the Holocaust Museum, uh, this part of the covenant is what is cited because this covenant was not with just Jews, but it was with mankind. And so uh, they believe this covenant is still in effect. And I want to kind of expand on that tonight. We went into all the colors last time and we showed how each color was represented in the coat of many colors and how Jesus is, is written of having a coat of many colors. But you know, the origin of all the colors comes back to one source. Does anyone know what the color is that makes all the other colors? Light, white light. It's split into all the other colors. colors. So we're going to look at that tonight and, and kind of go backwards from the several colors and we're going to see what God has in store for us tonight. Psalms 27 verse 1, one of my favorite psalms. And I, why I'm laughing is because all these scriptures are my favorite scriptures. <laughs> Every one I read, it hits me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. And we ended up talking about uh, one of the, the fifth color, which was blue. And we said that that was the color of grace. And in Sunday school, we talked about it, about the flag of Israel even now. You'll see on the flag of Israel, the, the color, the, the stripes are blue. And the star of David is in blue because that was the color that was the predominant color in the tabernacle and in the temple that was put upon all of the linen um, veils to cover the, the, uh, the instruments and the furniture when it was being moved. And we went on to show how God's throne is also blue. At least the throne uh, for now is blue. And so and I'm going to start from there and go into a lot more detail uh, for the scripture that gives us that. And that's, of course, found in Ezekiel. He has a vision of heaven, right? He has a vision of heaven. And he describes seeing the, this, this thing coming out of, of the east, and he starts to describe in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 26. And above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne. At the appearance of a sapphire stone. That means the throne's color was like a sapphire in color. It was blue. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. The person that, the figure that he saw was not a monster was not some creature, it was the likeness of a man. It was the image, remember we're talking this month, our theme is image and likeness. What he saw sitting on the throne was in the likeness of a man. And jumping down to verse 28, he says, 
And around the throne, the sapphire throne, he describes what he sees in great detail to tell us about the covenant. He says, and the appearance of the bow that is, is in the cloud, uh, sorry, and the appearance, has the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain. What he's saying is that there was a bow around the sapphire throne and it was like a rainbow. That's what he's saying. As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain. I wonder if you're starting to put the pieces together because the bow was God's sign of God's grace. It was the sign of God's mercy that he was not going to destroy the earth again by a flood. And so, of course, it's associated with the throne, which is blue, which was representing God's grace. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face and I heard a voice of one that spake. And you can read on in the chapter where he's describing this great vision he sees of God uh, above the firmament. Now, there's a question that uh, they like to pose they like to pose little children ask uh, to do with the sky. Anyone can guess what I'm going to ask the question that they always ask? Why is the sky blue? <laughs> Why is the sky blue? Well, now you have another answer for that. They say that it's because the atmosphere scatters, scatters all of the, the light, leaving only the blue. But if you read Ezekiel very closely, above the firmament, he's speaking about, when it says firmament, it's speaking about the sky. He says, above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of the throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness of the appearance of a man above it. So, yes, the light is scattered, leaving only the blue. And what does the blue represent? Grace, do you understand what I'm trying to say? I don't believe the sky was it, it quite that color before the flood. That's why you, when he says he sees the throne, he also sees the bow. And the bow is around the throne and the, the, the sky where it's sitting is blue. And the glory of the Lord, when I saw it, I fell upon my face and I heard a voice of one that spake to me. So the bow covenant represents God's grace. And the blue... The firmament of heaven, the Bible says it's his throne. It's his throne. I'm getting ahead of myself. And God said, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a, for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And when it comes... When it shall come to pass, when I bring a cloud upon the earth, and the bow shall be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant. Next time you see a bow... What you're looking at, look for the throne <laughs> because the bow is covering the, the blue of the sky, which is the, is, the, is the sapphire throne. I don't know if you see the symbol that God was painting. No wonder the sky is blue because the throne that, that Ezekiel saw was blue. 
So next time, next time your child asks you why the sky is blue, it says because it represents God's throne. He says the heavens, that's right, that's right. And God said unto Noah, this is the token of the covenant which I have established between me, me and all flesh that is upon the earth. Every time you see that bow, I remember I was driving, I had to drive quite a while back in 2018 between here and Madison every day. And I remember that one day I saw like four or five rainbows. I took pictures. Every time I I saw one, I took one. I probably took four rainbows. And I was just having a a great um, praise uh, revival in my car because I remembered God's covenant, that it represents his grace. It represents his forgiveness and his mercy. In Isaiah 66, it says, Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne. That's why the sky is blue. Because we know in Ezekiel, he says the throne was as of a sapphire. So here's another answer to why the sky is blue. It's because it's God's throne. And that's why the bow is in the sky because that's where his throne, it comes from off of the throne. The heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that he shall build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? So now, when we become his dwelling place, we're covered also by the bow. Because if this is his dwelling place, wherever God's throne is, there is always a bow, a covenant sign. You understand what I'm trying to say? You may not see it, but it's there. Because that's every time the throne is seen. There's not one time in scripture, except once, and I'll get to that, where the bow is not seen with the, with the throne, because it's a throne of grace. Amen. And so now we're going to go backwards. We went from the point of the light splitting into the colors. Now we're going to go backwards. We're going to explore God's nature because this is part of the rainbow covenant. In Job 9.10, Job is trying to get to God. He's trying to understand all the things that are going on in his life. And he can't explain it. He can't understand which doth great things past finding out yea and wonders without number wonders without number he goes on to say in in paul in romans says oh the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and the knowledge of god how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out you see we can understand where the colors come from but going backwards when it becomes one light is hard to understand we're going to try and look at that what can we know about this light Romans 1.18 tells us this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. What does it mean to hold the truth in unrighteousness? It means you know the truth, but you don't want to do the truth. Right? It means you absolutely know what you ought to do. It's not a question of you not knowing, but you're not doing it. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Now that, that's a deep and profo- profound verse. That invisible things are clearly seen. How are they clearly seen? How can you see anything? What do you need to see anything? Light. Light, right? The word is light. And we're going to get to that because in Psalms 119, what does it say? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. 
being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Amen. Um, so God and the Bible and the Word tells us the, this thing, that God and light are synonymous, right? James 1.17 tells us this, Every good gift and every perfect gift from above cometh down from where? The Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That means he doesn't blink in and out. He's consistent. You know, uh, we have a, a light in the office over there. And when it gets cold like now, sometimes when you turn it on, it doesn't come on. I have a little stick. I need to go up there and change the bulb. But I'm so lazy, I take the stick and I poke it. And it, and it comes on. Every time I remember, I'm, I'm far from the ladder. But, uh, but God is not like that. You don't have to poke him. He is consistent with him. There is no variableness of turning. Amen. Revelation 21, 23 tells us that, that the ultimate light for the city of God is going to be him. There is not going to be a sun because you know what's wrong with the sun? It's running out. The sun is finite. It's, it's, it's lasted for a very long time, but it is running out. But God is infinite. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. Why? For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. That's why we find that the sun and moon weren't even created till the fourth day. Yet before that, the first thing that was revealed was what? Light. Light. And we're going to get into that a little bit more. And I promise you I'm not going to keep you late tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 16 says, Who only hath immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. When it says no man, it means no Adam. No flesh. Only through the spirit and through the covering and the, and the birth, the second birth, can we come back to God. That we can walk in his light. So last time I taught this, we talked about the rainbow covenant. And we all know, we learned in high school how you get all the colors. It's created when white light is split, is, is, is manifest and broken down into several pieces, right? And then you get all the rainbow colors because the light travels at different frequencies. And when it goes into a, a different medium like glass, you get the separation of the frequencies and the 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 uh, smaller frequencies, the violet and the ultraviolet, get split out and they, they curve the most because they've got the smallest frequency. And then all the way down to the red, which have the longest frequencies. And so the white light is split. Now, all of this ties in with the jewels, believe it or not, that were on the ephod. There were 12 stones that were placed on the ephod in the, in the Old Testament, the priest, and each of them reflected a color. In fact, they're not sure now what all of the colors are, but when God gave it to them, each of them was a facet of the light. And when you brought them all back together, guess what color you would get? You'd get the, well, you'd get the rainbow. When you bring all the colors back together, what do you get? You get white. And that's why in Revelation chapter 1, and I believe verse 8, it says, guess what we're going to be given? A white stone. You see, in the Old Testament, it was all split up. But because now God is bringing, every, bringing everything back together, he said God was in Christ, Jesus doing what? 
reconciling the world to himself. So instead of the 12 stones, we get the one diamond, the, 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 the unification. That means the representation, the fullness of the presence of God. Amen. 1 John 1, 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That's why God, God cannot do evil. God cannot tempt evil. God is not responsible for all the evils in this world. That's a libel that the devil has managed to, to get going. They call it acts of God. You know, when there's an earthquake. No, it's not. It's an act of the devil. He, we know he can cause tornadoes because he did it in the book of Job. The Bible says he, he, he came and had a tornado come and destroy Job's children's house and, and kill them all. This is then the message we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. So when God, um, when God creates, he, he, he takes that light and he splits it up into all the colors. And we went through the last time all of the, the meanings of the colors. Psalms 104 verse 2, who coverest thyself with light as with a garment who stretches out the heaven like a curtain. Amen. So the, the properties of light is that you have the intensity or the brightness. Then you have the direction that it's going in. And then you have the frequency, which is to do with the color. And then they have something else called the polarization. You remember anyone bought them Polaroid glasses? You know what they do? They filter out the light that's the wrong angle. So that's when you put them on the light that's reflecting because it's coming at a wrong angle, it filters that out. So God is telling us something throughout the whole Bible of his nature that he is light. And in him there is no variable. He's not like the bulb in there. He's not going to sputter and go out. Amen. You don't have to poke him with a stick. He is just the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And he declares as one of the seven I am's that he is light. John 8, 12. Then spake Jesus unto, again unto them, saying, I am. Turn to your name and say, I am. The light of the world. Sunday we talked about, he said, I am the banner. Jehovah Nissi. But in the New Testament, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life. Now that's a deep saying. That's a deep saying. The light of life. I'm not even going to go into that tonight. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while, this is in John 12, 35, while, uh, yet, a little, yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. You ever try to walk when it's pitch black? You can't go very fast, else you're going to run into something, right? Um, probably, probably, I don't know about you, but probably the, one of the greatest fears of if you were to lose any of your senses would be sight. You know, you might, if you had to choose one, maybe, maybe, maybe taste. <laughs> Though that would make life pretty miserable too. You know, no more turkey dinners and, 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 and being able to, but maybe taste we could if we were going to choose one that we had to lose. But sight would probably, in our understanding, be the last one we would want to lose. God is showing us something by this characterization of how we even can see. He said, another place he said, before Abraham was, I am. So how does God, being the light, 
create? How can you create with light? Let's go back before the beginning. We know in Genesis it says in the beginning. But what was the universe like? What was there before the beginning? Well, the only thing that was there was God. And God is light. So that's all that was there. The universe before creation started, before the beginning, was just God, which was light. So you understand now that to create, when you have nothing but white light, you can't see anything, can you? No. So for there to be creation, for there to be a picture, in fact, what you have to do is to filter stuff. You have to subtract stuff from the light to be able to get colors. So that is exactly how God created. How did God create? To create a picture from light, colors, frequencies must be subtracted. Everything that we see right now, what you're looking at when you're looking at that is a reflection. There is light that comes down and it hits that. And the color you're seeing is what's left after all the other colors are being subtracted. So the red you see from that rose or from that um, plant is what's left after the other colors are subtracted. And so when you build a picture, a picture is made of the white light and then the colors that are subtracted and what's left is what you see. So to build a picture, what God had to do was to subtract from himself. You following what I'm saying? He had to subtract from himself in order to create. And that's exactly what we're told in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself, that's a subtraction, of no reputation, and took upon him, for him to come down and be like us. You know what he had to do? He had to do a lot of subtraction. That's what he had to do. That's how God creates, because before... Before Abraham was, the only thing that was there was I am. And so for him to create, he had to get himself out of the way. He had to subtract. For him to come down here as Jesus Christ, he had to do a whole lot of subtraction. The Bible said here that he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. He, he carried this out to the extreme the night he was going to be arrested because the God that created this whole world laid aside his garments and washed his disciples' feet, washed his creation's feet. Now, I'm going to read this again in a, in a, in a, a literal translation, and you will see what I'm saying. This is in the Young's literal translation, verse 7. But did empty himself, which means to subtract, The form of a servant having taken. I don't know about you, but when I read that, the very God of this universe humbled himself and took on the form of a servant in order to give us the, 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 the promise of life, the hope of life. And in fashion, having been found as a man, he humbled himself, having become obedient unto death, Death even of a cross. So the way God created was to subtract from himself. In other words, to give up of his sovereignty. When he gave man dominion, he was subtracting from himself. 
When he said, you have dominion, you, 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 you rule, you subdue, he was subtracting from himself. When he said to Adam, you name the animals, he was subtracting from himself. Do you understand that that's the essence of love? Do you understand that's the essence of love? Lust takes. Love, lust wants to take. Love gives. Love. What, what, what did John the Baptist say? He must increase and I must decrease. That's the essence of love is subtracting from yourself to give to others. Do you understand that? That's the difference between lust and love. Lust just wants to take and, and please oneself. But love wants to give and subtract. Amen. But you know the story. Even though God created this world in perfection and, 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 and had given himself as the light of the world, what sin does, though, it brings darkness. When man sinned, he lost access to that light. Genesis 3.24. So he drove the man out of the garden and he placed at the east of the garden east of the Garden of Eden, cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Job 18, 18 says, He shall be driven from light into darkness and chased out of the world. This is what happened to man. We lost that Shekinah glory. We lost the covering and we're in a dark place. We were now going to die. We were going to be destined for hell. Verse 21 of Job 18 says, Surely such are the dwellings of the wicked, and this is the place of him that knoweth not God. Darkness. First John 1 John 1.5 said, This is the message that when we have heard of him, that declare unto you that God is light, in him is no darkness at all. So when man sinned, we ended up in a dark place. What can darkness create? Can you start with the darkness and create a picture? No. Not if, not if you start with darkness. If you have a completely black uh, canvas, you cannot create. You cannot create. You cannot create by subtracting because there's nothing more to subtract. There's no more light there. You can only create if you can add something to darkness. The only way to create and get something out of darkness is you have to add light. Darkness cannot create a picture. The only way you can create with darkness is to add light. And that's why Jesus came again in Isaiah 19. It says, the people that walked in what? Darkness. Have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death. That was all of us. Do you understand that Satan had condemned us all to death? And it took Jesus coming to start to bring us back to that light. That's what Isaiah 9, 2, which is a messianic verse prophesying the coming of the light. He says, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. When he came the first time, he came to reveal the light. That's why when he was caught up onto the mountain and transfigured before, before them, they saw and he manifested his glory. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death Upon them hath the light shine. The Bible says he came to destroy the works of the devil. And the very last one that's going to be destroyed is death. He came to banish the darkness. He came to restore us to light. Isaiah 42 verse 7 says to open the blind eyes. When you open some eyes, what, why would you open the eyes? So that you could see light. To open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. 
the prison house of hell, death and the grave. He came to restore us to light. What can darkness create? Nothing. The only way darkness can create is if you have to add. Remember now, Jesus is all light. So for him to create, he has to subtract. But for darkness to get any better, you have to add something to it. You have to add light to that picture, else it's going to stay that way. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded. He's doing the opposite. He's closing the eyes so that people cannot see God's light, cannot see his love, cannot see his grace, cannot see that bow, that covenant that he had placed in the sky over his throne. That's why it's blue. Blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light... When you witness, you know what you're doing? You're opening someone's eyes. You're letting the light of Christ flow into their lives. The possibility that they can suddenly see truth. The less the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. That's what we're called to do, to go and to open blinded eyes. Not blinded maybe physically. But spiritually, where Satan has closed their mind to understanding who is the light of the world. So for darkness to be changed, light has to be added. And that's why the scripture says, knowing not that you are what? The light of the world. We are supposed to go into a darkened world and bring light. And bring light. 1 Peter 2.9 But ye are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that he should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What changed Saul into Paul? He was on his way to Damascus, and then what happened? A bright light shined into him. That's what changed Paul. He said, he couldn't even say, Who art thou, Lord? The voice said, it is I, Jesus. When that light shines into people's hearts, it can change the darkness that they're in into something that is alive, that can live, that opens the blinded eyes. Who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. See, we're going the other way. Last time we went from the the white light into the rainbow colors. That's the blessings. But we're going back to see how God's plan of salvation works with the, with, with the light, with the white light here. So we've been called out of darkness. The first way is by the written word. And we mentioned this before. Psalms 119 verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I don't know what to do, I can find a word that can shine and give me direction. When I'm stuck, there's a word that can comfort me. When, I, when I'm at my wit's ends, there's a word that can give me a promise of healing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So the first way we start to get out of darkness is through the written word. And then the second way is by the living word. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? In the face of Jesus Christ. That's where you're going to find it. That's where you're going to find it. And to just to prove it to them, in John, he, he took them up the mountain. 
The Bible says that he was transfigured and his clothing became as white as any uh, clothing could be made. And his face shone that they could not look at it. He was showing them what a son of God is going to be like. The Bible says when we see him, we shall be like him. Amen. We're going to glow like, like the sun. <laughs> if under the law, Moses came down and he was shining like the sun, and that was just the glory of the law, Paul makes it clean, cl- uh, plain. He says that was the ministration of death. He likened the law to the ministration of death because people still died. But now we have the ministration of the resurrected Christ. Amen. The Bible says in Daniel that the wise are going to shine like stars. And they that turn um, people to righteousness are going to shine like stars. I, I don't know if I remember, I told you that I had a revelation one Thursday night. And I said to you that there was a star that heralded his first coming. Remember I said, I don't know who, who was here that Thursday night. And I said there was a star, there was a sign of his first coming. And I said, God had showed me a revelation that there was going to be um, a, a similar sign, the brightness. And what does it say in Daniel? It says those that shine like the stars. It's speaking about those who are going to be witnesses before his coming. They're the ones that are heralding his second coming. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So I, I did this little uh, image here to again show you how God creates. Before the beginning, there was just God. The Bible says in him is light and there is no variableness. And so he is the I am. And he is also the light. And so for him to create, he had to make room for his creation. So he moved out the way. And that's why in Genesis, what does it say? When he moved out the way, when the light moves out the way, there was darkness. <laughs> you see, this was the beginning of creation. When he had to make room for creation, the light had to move out the way so that there was something for him. He had to subtract to create. See, and so this is what it says then. He said, let there be. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was a, the reason why there was the darkness is he was about to create. He had subtracted himself to allow there to be some darkness so that he could then add light. Remember what I said? You cannot create dark from darkness unless you first add light. And so the first thing he had to create when he moved himself out the way was light. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. You see, God has always had to subtract from himself because he loves us. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And he limited his sovereignty. That has been his act of love and creation to us. And ultimately showing his gift when he allowed himself to be arrested, whipped, tortured, brutalized put a crown of thorns and then nailed to a cross. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. I want to be fruitful. I want to obey his first command. I want to be fruitful. I want to multiply. Replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. 
over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So if Satan's around, I'm, I'm going to have dominion over him too. The Bible says sin shall not have dominion. Doesn't the scripture say sin shall not have dominion? When we were praying for that young lady, I told her, I said, you're not going to have dominion tonight. Amen. You're not going to have dominion because we have been given a restored dominion through the one who has created light through the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not. Now, we don't know the day of the hour, and I'm always quoting Sister Diane because she always asks me questions in the car. And she said, do you know when the, the, you know, if some of these things are going to happen before the rapture? But that that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Now that seems a peculiar statement, right? How come the Son doesn't know what the Father knows? And the reason is because he poured out, he subtracted. He subtracted himself, right? But the Bible says, just in John, when he was about to be crucified, he said, listen, I want to get back the glory that I had. He wanted the fullness back in, the image that he, that he had. He wanted the fullness of the glory. He said, the glory that I had before. And that same glory, the Bible says, is going to be in us, is going to be revealed in us. To show you that he had subtracted, the Bible talks about Jesus from a child as that he grew. You can only grow if you're not the fullness yet. Luke 2.40, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. God has called us from out of darkness, the Bible says, into his marvelous light. Amen. Here's what I was trying to say. Just before he was arrested... He was going to take back his divinity. Remember, he emptied himself. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. This is the scripture that proves it. For creation from darkness, as I said, something must be added. For God to create in us, he's got to add his spirit. Do you see that? David cried out, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. That's our prayer tonight. If you could stand with me. Create in me, Lord. Let your light shine into me, Lord God. You see, once his light is shining into you, you know what's going to happen? You won't be able to see it, but that rainbow of grace, that rainbow of, of covenant is going to be all around you. Amen. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them. Now that's amazing. That is totally amazing. Verse 5 of the same chapter, he says, I want back the glory that I had. I poured out myself. I was made in the form of a servant. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. Verse 2 Corinthians 3.18, and this is all to do with the study this month, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, speaking a mirror, because a mirror is the only thing that can reflect light. Beholding as in a, a mirror the glory of the Lord, it's, it's a prophecy, are changed into the same image. The same image. Which image? The image that he created at the beginning. 
when he said, in my likeness and in my image, the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. Amen. We have a great future if you can endure to the end. You, you have something that is not conceived. You have something that is not conceived. It says, I have not seen nor ear heard what God has got in store or prepared for them that love him. It's only revealed through faith, through the spirit right now. See, but God has made a rainbow covenant. If you read it carefully, it said, everlasting, everlasting, everlasting. So now you know why the sky is blue. Because heaven is my throne. And every time you see God's throne up to the book of Revelation, his throne is blue. That's why the sky is blue. Science may not accept that explanation. Physicists may not accept that explanation. But I know that's the real explanation. Because that's his throne. Now, there is another throne. The the throne in Revelation at the last judgment changes color. It changes from blue back to white. And that's why it's called the white throne judgment. See, we have the opportunity right now for the age of grace. While that throne is still blue. While the the covering is still blue. While while it says in Hebrews 4.16 we can come boldly to a throne of grace there to obtain mercy. But in Revelation, I believe, 20... It changes back to a white throne. And I saw the dead, both small and great, stand and the books were opened. And they were judged out of those books. But even there, you know, the Bible says, and there was another book, which is the book of life. In Revelation 13, we're told that it's the Lamb's book of life. That's what we have to make sure our name is in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Because he has given us this opportunity. As long as you go out there and you see a rainbow, you have a chance. There is an age of grace. There's a a chance of repentance. There's a time to be restored. Hallelujah. And we're so grateful for God's mercy and grace. Amen. Amen. It's not not yet the, the last trump, but it's coming. But while it is yet day, he said, while you have the light, walk in the light. Hallelujah. If you could bow your hearts with me. Father, we thank you tonight. That you are the light of the world. Help us, O oh God, to run to the light. To stay in the light, Lord God. That we will be covered by your glory. That we will be changed at your coming, Lord God. That we will see you as you are. That you will change us into your likeness. Father, we just thank you for your blessings right now. Surround us with your bow and your covenant promises. Lord, we lift up your name and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Let's give God a praise offering tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.